Hello and welcome to Bougie Adjacent. I'm Amanda Lauren. Um, first of all, I want to start off this podcast by saying my bulldog is like sleeping next to me. So if you hear a snoring sound, I apologize. It's Milo. So let's just dive into it. I am pregnant. I am 14 weeks and like a few days pregnant. And I wanted to, I'm not going to make this a parenting podcast or like a pregnancy podcast. But I feel like when I was trying to get pregnant, I would search podcasts, I would search YouTube. So I just wanted to put out all the things I did, all the things I regret on my way to get pregnant because it's been, I hate the expression, journey so fuck off. Okay, so I did three IUIs, two and a half rounds of IVF, and I got pregnant naturally. So I just sort of want to start from the beginning um, and then sort of get into details of what I did to get pregnant because I think trying to get pregnant is literally one of the hardest things. It was literally one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I also just want to say before we start because someone fucking trolled. I don't know if she was trolling me specifically. But someone posted on Facebook something about, I don't understand why people want to have their own babies. Why don't they just adopt? So the answer is, I just want to get this out there. The reason why we didn't adopt is because adopting is so fucking difficult um, in this, just just in this country. It is, and international adoptions are also really difficult. Um, it's really difficult. It's $100,000 plus. Um, literally it can be over a hundred thousand dollars and it's just there's so much red tape involved and without making this political they should really change the laws so it's easier for people to adopt but to make a very long story short when we looked our doctor Shaheen Gadir who I did a great episode of his podcast and he was on this podcast um you know I said to him what about adoption he said it's more expensive and it completely is um Basically, when I started to like really look into adoption, I realized no one was going to pick us to adopt their kid. That essentially you have to be like the perfect suburban family. And my husband and I are not. Um, We live in a one bedroom. We're moving. Really exciting. We'll be talking about that in another episode. We don't have a new home yet, but um, you know, obviously we have to move before this baby arrives. Um, But essentially, I think in order to adopt a child, we would have had to have moved into like a home in the suburbs and it could take years to adopt. Um, And that was that was really why I was just like, oh, my word, like this is so much more difficult than what I thought it would be. Now, as to why we didn't do foster to adopt, which I know that a lot of people do that. The reason why we didn't do that is because And please don't hate me for talking about this person. Like, don't troll me. I don't really like her anymore. But her book did change my life when I thought she was an honest person. Um, Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face, she talks about her experience doing foster to adopt. And essentially, she had these girls for, I think, over a year. Please don't quote me on that. And they were taken away from her. Um, Someone she's didn't know who it was. Basically, in California, they can call Child Protective Services on you at any time and rip your entire life apart. Um, And I also, and after having a miscarriage and losing a child, I didn't think I could emotionally handle children being ripped away from me again. 
Um, and if you do foster to adopt, it's amazing. I also just want to add too that if you do that, like you should know, especially that like the purpose of foster to adopt actually isn't to adopt. It's actually the purpose of fostering is to reunite children with their families. And I frankly think that it's really sick that we wouldn't tell an abused woman to reunite with, you know, a boyfriend or a husband that beat her or, or you know, did horrible things to her. Um, but yet our approach is that we do that um, in America. And I think it's really fucked up if you want to know the truth. Um, because I think a lot of children end up in a system when you know, essentially they would be better off with a family that really wants them and really loves them and can provide for them. So that's why we didn't do that. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, I probably shouldn't have opened with that, but I'm doing this whole thing in one take. I'm not stopping and starting, and uh, that's what I'm That's what I'm doing. I actually did just stop to look at my text messages. But anyway, so let's, let's get into it. So... Um, I found out I was pregnant on Labor Day and we were actually just about to make embryos. Now, let me rewind and just start the whole story, but I'll make sort of the beginning part quick. So my husband and I conceived on our first try two years ago, three years, two years ago, um, basically right after the pandemic. Um, I'm sorry, right before the pandemic, we conceived, um, in November or December 2019. Um, sorry, the dates are a little fuzzy. (laughs) Anyway, mom brain, which is totally real. Um, so what happened was we conceived and unfortunately we learned 12 weeks in that we had a miscarriage at eight weeks and three days. And All the details of what happened are on previous podcasts. They're on um, my episode with Dr. Kadir. I think I talked about it on his podcast and my podcast. Um, But to make a very long story short, if you're new here, it was severely medically mishandled. My doctor refused to give me a DNC. um, Refused to give me a DNC. Refused to do anything. And I was essentially forced to carry a dead baby inside of me for two months when I was losing my mind with grief. Um, Ultimately, I was, and again, forced because I wanted to do a DNC to take the misopropyl, um, which I've totally butchered the, which is the abortion pill, Um, which is, let me just say this, I do not recommend it. Um, I believe, I recently learned that the, so there are two pills when you take this. And I'm just saying this, that if you are, if you want to have a baby and you have a miscarriage and you know you want to try to conceive again as soon as possible. Oh, by the way, none of what I'm saying on this podcast is medical advice. It's just the opinion of someone who's been through this. And I'm going to share some facts with you. So misopropyl is the, I told you I was going to get dirty. I told you I was going to get fucking real in this podcast and I am. So there are two pills that are part of misopropyl. The first one drains all of the, it's also, it's the abortion pill. Um, And the first one basically causes the abortion, which is it drains all the progesterone out of your body. And the second causes your uterus to contract and release the baby. 
So if you don't need an abortion or that's not why you're taking it, it fucks up your hormones. And when I was pregnant this time, um, I had, I wouldn't say low progesterone. I would say on the lower side of normal progesterone and I had to supplement, which made me extremely tired. So I regret, I wish they would have told me, and I know it sounds, I'm aware that it sounds crazy, but I think my hormones, I think it really was just one of the many things that threw off my hormones, which is one of the reasons why I had trouble conceiving. So I regret taking that first pill. I should have known better. I was in such grief. I was just happy. It was not happy. I mean, I just wanted it to be over with. So I think that that is, that that can, I know that they say you can conceive afterwards. I I don't believe that for everyone. And I know I sound like a bit of a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but you don't, unless you are trying to have an abortion, you don't need to take that first pill. I wouldn't do it. Again, it's something I regret. It wasn't properly explained to me. Um, but I never received with this miscarriage what I considered even close to proper medical attention. That's all I'll say about that. Then we tried to conceive a few times. Um, it didn't work. We tried IUI. Now, IUI is basically when they turkey baster the sperm into you. Um, and you can take medicine to increase your number of eggs. We tried it three times. It didn't work. We then decided to try IVF. We tried it. Um, so we did it two and a half times. So this is where I have not been completely honest with my audience and the world. Um, what happened was this. So the first two times, let me just explain very quickly how IVF works. So for a period of approximately two weeks, you take these shots to increase your number of eggs. Um, then they go in. It's the same exact procedure as like if you're, you know, 22 and you want to freeze your eggs. Um and then as I go in and they do that, my husband then makes his deposit. They put the whole thing in a Petri dish and they make embryos. Then they see what embryos grow after a period of five days because some will fertilize, some won't. Um, and then they send it off to genetic testing. You don't have to do genetic testing, but because I had a miscarriage and they didn't know why, um, I still don't know why. I'll never know why. Um, I took every, I've spent thousands of dollars taking every test possible and essentially, they think it could have been something genetically wrong with the baby, but um, it was impossible to do pathology, one. And two, they could have measured the neck from Down syndrome, but my doctor was late for lunch and didn't want to do it. You can't even make this shit up. Anyway, still a little bit angry about how I was treated, and I, I'm hiring, I'm looking for a doula right now, actually. Um to deal with the birth because I've had such bad experiences with this, although I love my current doctor. So that being said, what ended up happening was, so we did it once, none of the embryos were good. We did it twice, none of the embryos were good. This was on a period of several months. I didn't really take any breaks in between any of these. I literally had had around, failed, waited to, Start again at the soonest possible moment, had around, failed, start again at the soonest possible moment. Now, for the third round, and this was going to be our final round, I did not want to do any more after this. 
I do recommend IVF. I definitely think it's worth it. But to be honest, it's not easy. It's not an easy route. Um, so before the third round, I decided to go balls to the motherfucking wall and try everything I could do, all the natural stuff to try to get pregnant. Here's the regret I have. Not doing that the first time. They believed the reason why I couldn't get pregnant was egg quality. Um, I believe that was part of it. I think that was most of it. So I ended up taking a lot of supplements to improve egg health. I took DHEA, um, I took CoQ10, and I took, um, you know, obviously if you're trying to conceive, you should be taking prenatals. I took naturally smart prenatals um, or women's. It's not a prenatal, but um, it was what my doctor recommended. I will say naturally smart is so expensive, Um, and I was taking, honestly, my other doctor recommended Ritual, which is less expensive. I don't think you should cheap out on a prenatal. I'm just saying you could spend $35 instead of 60 bucks and you're probably fine. So this is, oh, so I also did, so these were the two things that I think were game changers. Um, this was right before my last round of IVF. And when I explain the whole story, you'll kind of get it. So I did, um, I did an NAD NAD plus infusion. So if you don't know what NAD is, it is, um, it is in true niogen. Um, if you want to know more about NAD, there's a really good episode of the Skinny Confidential podcast with Dr. Conover. Um, he talks a little bit about it, but it's what's in true niogen and you can get an infusion of it probably in most major cities. Um, In LA, there's a billion places to do it. I looked in New York for a friend. There's a few places to do it, but I highly recommend doing that. So NAD is something we all have in our bodies that we lose as we age. And essentially, a lot of people believe it is like the fountain of youth. And some people do take it to get, to try to get pregnant. Um, I believe, I, I believe that that is why I was able to conceive naturally, a thousand percent. Um, it's expensive. It's very expensive. If you live in LA, if you, I did it at, I mean, this place is the worst name, at the Cienega Med Spa. They also do Botox and all that other stuff, but it was the least expensive place to do it. Next Health also has it. If you're familiar with Next, I think they also have Next Health in New York and some other cities. But when I called them to ask about it, the person on the phone was just so unhelpful. I, and it was so much more expensive that I was like, screw it. I'm going to go with my instinct and go to Sianiga Med Spa. So I did an infusion of that and did a bunch of CoQ10 injections. Now, CoQ10 is something they tell you to take when you're trying to get pregnant. I was like, no, inject it in me. I want to make sure that I'm getting, that I'm getting, you know, that I'm absorbing it as much as I can. Um, I also took vitamin D pills. So anyway, I did, so did that while I was doing all the shots that you take before the egg retrieval slash IVF and the night before this is where it gets sort of crazy this is where my story takes a turn and it was a turn for the better so the night before they were supposed to do the egg retrieval I get a call from my doctor because they make you take COVID tests I did not have COVID but my husband did 
So they could not take his embryo. They could, sorry, they couldn't take his sperm and mix it with my eggs, but they could get my eggs and freeze them that day. And I was like, honestly, (coughs) sorry, I just coughed. I believe that things happen for a reason. And at that point, I truly felt like something, God, you know, the universe, whatever, higher power, had like taken over. And I was like, okay, I'm still going to be able to get my egg retrieval. That happened for a reason. I'll understand later. Um, so my egg retrieval was far more successful than um, my previous egg retrievals. I more than doubled my egg count. I believe I had 12 eggs the first time, nine the second time, and then I had 18. Um, I had 18 the third time, 16 of which were mature, which was a huge number. Um, so in terms of making embryos, we had to put a pause on it because there's no protocol for doing this when a partner has COVID because COVID hasn't been around that long yet. So that's totally understandable. My doctor said to probably wait at least six weeks. I said to my husband, let's go to the Hamptons for the summer. I'm, I'm just, I'm done. Like I've got to, I've got to relax. And I thought, you know, let's try naturally. So we did. It didn't work the first few times, but then we found out on Labor Day that I in fact was pregnant. Now I did a bunch of stuff. A lot of people say this, and this makes me, people are like, oh, well, once you relax, you get pregnant. That's fucking bullshit. That's bullshit. And if you're listening to this because you're trying to get pregnant, don't let anyone tell you that. It's totally not true. Although I was a little bit more relaxed, I drank, I was drinking like a lot, um, a lot of rosé, which you're not supposed to drink when you're trying to conceive, one. Two, I did a bunch of other things. Um, And I took a bunch of other supplements. And I think that that also helped. I think the NAD overall improved my egg health um, that I had done, you know, before IVF. Um, I think it really reset my body. They also give it to drug addicts to help them detox. It's, It's a very interesting medicine. And I highly, I'm not the best source of information about it, but I highly suggest that, um, you look into it. I'll also say this, you know, you should tell your doctor what you're doing, but also like, it's funny. Um, I was going through a really difficult time in my life many years ago and I just like, just emotionally, physically, just a lot of things. And a doctor once said to me, I asked him if I should do something that was going to be uncomfortable. And he said, well, it can't hurt. And I'm like, well, that's a good point. Sort of. So that was sort of how I approached all this was like, it literally can't hurt. So you should probably do these things. So last summer, Tara Mackey, who is so interesting, you should look her up. Um, She's a great line called Genetics Organics. Um, She told me that when she was, I feel like it's okay to say this because she didn't say it was like a secret and she had her baby. She said that When she was trying to get pregnant, she took Vitex and it worked. So I got a liquid Vitex just like from the health food store and I was taking it multiple times a day. I got a liquid CoQ10. By the way, liquid CoQ10 tastes fucking disgusting. But again, I would get a liquid, not a pill. 
But this was the other thing that I did. So I have this thing called an Aura Ring, which is a fitness tracker. It's sort of like a Fitbit, but pretty. Um, it looks like a piece of jewelry. I love, love, love my Aura Ring. And literally the day before I was, we were able to start, like my period was ending and we were going to start trying to conceive again, it was announced that you could sync it with the Natural Cycles app and it could potentially predict um, your ovulation. So I sprung for the app. 13 bucks or it was at the time and I did it we also used um what's it called ovulation sticks which you can get on Amazon or at any drugstore or Target whatever so we decided to do both and go balls to the wall and just really like I was like this is the last month we're gonna be able to do this so let's just try um so we used that to to like I said to predict when I was gonna ovulate um the really weird thing is with those ovulation sticks, the colors, it's supposed, it sort of looks like a pregnancy test and the color like never quite matched up, but we had found, but it, it worked. So we conceived at the right time. So how it works is the aura ring can test your basal body temperature, your basal body temperature. It's just a more precise way to measure your body temperature. If you don't have an aura ring, like don't work they're they're very I think they're like $330 they're very expensive but they're they're really I love it it's a great fitness tracker that being said if that's not in your budget you can just get the natural cycles app and I think you can get a an inex I think if you you can order an inexpensive basal body thermometer with it and you could totally do it that way and I think that that also works so you don't really I understand a lot of this is expensive and bougie and all of that, but you don't really have to do it that way. I just, I already had an aura ring, so I was really excited to do that. Um, so <laughs> then on, so again, I was doing all these things um, and I was definitely taking more than whatever the recommended dose was because again, I was just like, okay, like what's the worst that happens? I feel a little nauseous from vitamins. Again, please don't take this as medical advice, but this is just my story. So then um, on, so then we were about to make embryos. My husband, we'd come back to LA from the Hamptons. Um, and we, my husband was literally filling out the credit card form. And of course, someone is texting me right now course someone is texting me someone just sent me the longest text sorry sorry I should probably cut that out but you know what I won't so he was literally on the phone with them and I said Ethan my period is like two days late which didn't mean anything because like my period you know doing all this stuff does not help your cycle be regular so I said you know it was like again the Friday before Labor Day and I'm just like Ethan just like don't don't pay for this um hold on I've silenced my phone. It was a big group text. Um, anyway, so um, before he decided, because again, they were going to process the card, all that stuff. So I was like, just wait a few days. Like, what? nothing is going to happen over the weekend. Let's just wait till I get my period. And then Labor Day, I tested positive. So we're really, really excited. Um, we're really, really excited to be pregnant um I'm really grateful I'm also I'll tell you this um 
I do think we're going to be one and done. That being said, um, it's so funny. I said I wasn't going to stop and start this podcast, and I've stopped it and started it like a hundred times. Um, I'm happy that we have 16 frozen eggs in case we do want to have another baby because, I mean, I made a joke that like <laughs> this was probably my last viable egg. So, so far, everything looks really good. Um, I've had a bit of a challenging pregnancy because I had to supplement progesterone in my, the first trimester. I was exhausted. Now that I'm into the second trimester, I am a little bit less tired, but, um, I'm still a lot more tired than I used to be. I cannot go out as much, although I think it's important to go out and have fun because I feel like I'm going to be nesting a lot, um, in the next, you know, like once I hit my third trimester. So I just feel so grateful. I feel really excited. Um, And I just want to say if you're listening to this because you're having trouble conceiving, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. But like do everything you can do to try to get pregnant. I know that I sound, I'm not against, I'm obviously not against conventional medicine um, because I had IVF and I do believe that there is a place for it. I also think, and I've, listen, I write for A Sweat Life in Real Simple, and A Sweat Life has been such a gift because they really let me write about whatever I want, and over the years, I've been able to speak to wellness experts and doctors and have all this access to information, and the truth is this, they don't really explore many natural options for anything, whether it's infertility, whether it's you know, any sort of medical condition because these big pharmaceutical companies can't make money off of it. This is not like a conspiracy theory. It's just the truth, Um, which is why I think NAD is not nearly as talked about as it should be. I also think that if they were able to do research with it, it is a very expensive infusion. I believe it cost me over $400. Um, I think it is important to talk about also the cost of these things, which is why I said the cost of adoption versus the cost of IVF, etc. Because I have to say that one thing that really, really disappoints me, and I would say probably disappoints most people who are trying to get pregnant, is that the insurance benefits for these things are very, very limited. Now, I know some people who have insurance that covers some of it, but not all of it. Um, and I think it's just really, again, like I'm not shitting on the government and I know I've been sort of all over the place with this podcast, but you know, President Obama did something really interesting, which was he, you know, created a law that required insurance providers to cover mental health care. And I think that it's terribly unfortunate that insurance companies do not cover, um, are not forced to cover any of these things because infertility is a real condition. And I think so many of us get stuck in the dark. Um, a lot of people really can't afford to do this. I was watching this video on, on, um, YouTube, um, SBSK. It's a really interesting channel that highlights people with medical conditions and disabilities, Um, and there was a couple suffering from infertility and the woman had PCOS and she basically said like the reason why they hadn't done, 
IVF is that they couldn't afford to do it and she was crying about how she wanted children and I just felt so bad I even wrote in the comments like take NAD um you know the fact that this is not covered by insurance is just just so disgusting to to me and so misogynistic um, like I want to cry because I just feel so bad. I just feel so bad for people and I just feel so lucky that I'm able to do this because I know that a lot of people can't who would be excellent parents. So, you know, just try all the supplements, do all the things. I I really believe, I, you know, listen, I know some people are just infertile, but if you've conceived before and you're having trouble, there are just explore the natural routes. I also want to recommend um, Dr. Gadir has a podcast called The Fertile Life where he discusses some of this. And I just have to say he was an incredible doctor. I'm so lucky that I was able to go to the best person to do IVF. Um, again, and I know all this is coming from a place of extreme privilege, Um because not everyone can work with him. Um, he's good. Another thing I would recommend is the Egg Whisperer on YouTube. Um, I watched a lot of her videos. And they were really... She was the one who said that she tells her patients to take true niogen when they're trying to conceive. That's another thing you could do. If you can't do an NAD infusion, if it's unavailable in your area, or it's just not in your budget... Um, NAD NAD or NAD plus is available um, online. True Niagen is, I believe, supposed to be the best one. So I would recommend taking that one. And I don't think it's crazy expensive. Um, again, just an idea. Just I think that when you're desperate, sometimes you get tunnel vision. And I think that that was a mistake that I made was like, okay, I'm going to, I have to, you know, do this, that, the other. And I sort of forgot that there were natural ways to help it along there. Now, listen, can I prove that this worked? No, but when I started using natural things, I had a, you know, I had double the egg count and then I was able to conceive naturally. So while it's not a scientific study, um, and I also do recommend the basal body temperature thing because you could be super fertile, but if you don't get the timing right with your ovulation, then it's not going to make a difference. There's only a few days a month that you can get pregnant, which is something that I really wish that they would educate more people on because although I hadn't taken birth control for years, in retrospect, I, I kind of regret taking it. Because I feel like hormones really affect our bodies. And I think as women, we're just told to like accept that. When in fact, you can do this completely, you know, you you can, you know, do natural family planning. So that's just, you know, I mean, listen, I also think from the, just from the miscarriage alone, I think that that threw off my hormones. I think that. The Vitex helped sort of reset them. I think the NAD helped with egg health. Again, um, Egg Whisperer videos, they're free. She's a really good resource. 
I also want to say this, you know, along the way I spoke to someone who was a fertility coach that wanted to charge me like $30,000. So if you've been searching fertility, she's probably in your Facebook ads and like didn't tell me by the way that she had like online classes and all this other stuff just like wanted to work with me individually for $30,000. And my husband and I, you know, I figured she'd be like 5000 bucks. My husband and I decided to do IVF instead. And if you're deciding, again, like if IVF is in your budget, do it. Do the natural things at the same time. Um, and as always, my you can follow me on Instagram at It's Amanda Lauren and on Twitter at Amanda Lauren. If you have any questions on this, uh, please DM me. I love to talk to women trying to conceive I think it's so hard. I have so much empathy for you. At the same time, I'm so happy to be pregnant and on this next step of my life. Um, So life update. We're in a one bedroom. We got to move. We'll be having the baby um, in Los Angeles and not in the Hamptons, uh, which is where I originally wanted to have the baby, but it it just made more sense to give birth here. So probably be in the Hamptons in August or September of this year Um, because I want I want my baby to experience New York summers and we're just we're just so excited and so grateful so I also wanted to talk for one quick minute about how I will sort of be pivoting my content a little bit um I'm, listen, I am not like a mommy blogger type. I'm really not. Like, that's not who I am. And I I think that a lot of people don't think it's who they are and then they change. You know, I do want to talk about pregnancy. I want to talk a lot about decorating nurseries because I think people do a terrible job of it. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, I watch these. I know I sound, this is a little bit mean girl of me, but, you know, I'll see these nursery tours on YouTube and I'll read the comments. um, And I'm just like, it's not even a nice nursery. Um, Another thing that I really want to get into, and I'm hoping to have an expert on this podcast, but I will have an article um, probably that I'm going to write probably in January about this, about um, Green Guard certification and sort of how chemicals in in furniture, in furniture can really impact children. If you are currently shopping for your nursery, and I'm, I'm looking around, but we don't have the space to have anything at the moment. Um, I recommend, you know, trying to choose, you know, safe, non-toxic furniture. And if you can't do that for all of your furniture, at least try to do it for the crib. Baby Leto makes great, really cutely designed mid-priced cribs that are just safer because sometimes baby will bite on the crib when they're teething and you just want to make sure that um your baby is not biting into toxic chemicals that being said if you've already purchased stuff for your nursery um and you are worried and I've made you a little anxious listening to this podcast if you just air out get an air purifier in the room I have a molecule I really like it um it's a really nice looking it's a beautifully designed product um air it out before baby arrives like open all the windows and just make sure that that furniture like don't get it a week before baby comes like just make sure that you do that 
And I think that that helps quite a lot. I was at the Prego LA Expo, which if you look at my Instagram, I know a lot of people were like, what? And then I announced my pregnancy two days later. So um, that's it. That's it for now. Um, going to start having some more guests. Well, I think I've had guests for the past few episodes going to talk about nursery stuff. Like I said, I think that I will talk a little bit more about this content, um, about nursery design, kids design, um, and all of that. And just sort of how I'm moving into my new home, what I'm doing differently this time, even though we have not found a place to live yet, but we have four months. So hopefully the right thing will come along soon. If you are currently in the market for, oh, this sounds like an ad. If you're currently in the market for a home and just like, not sure where you're gonna live and you have to move I have empathy for you it is it is so hard to find a place right now and that is it um and again my heart is with you if you are suffering from infertility or trying to conceive right now I'm just sending you all the love and all the hope in the world because I know sometimes it feels hopeless but basically I didn't think I could get pregnant again there were times when I had totally lost hope and now I have this beautiful gift so that's it I'm gonna shut up thank you for listening